Welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In with your hosts, D-Dub and Stratosphere. The Secret Lair Drive-In is dedicated to bringing you the finest in B-movie entertainment news and reviews. And now, on with the show. and meets his greatest foe, the Kong of Steel. A gargantuan duel, unmatched by any battle in history. Thundering 60-foot robot Kong of Steel, creation of the evil Doctor Who, criminal genius who stops at nothing. Kong, once again, dig! against the Copter Squadron. A thousand thrills as King Kong battles the Serpent of Mondo Island. Kong! Hits himself against a nation's armament. And plunges a beautiful girl into a world of terror. King Kong in a duel to the death. Welcome to yet another, and I don't remember what number it is, episode of the Secret Lair Drive-In. I'm your host, your fearless leader, D-Dub. And across the table from me is my co-host, Zen Master of Useless Trivia and Dude Extraordinaire, Stratosphere. Hi, kids. How's it going? Okay, before we jump right into this episode's movie... First, let's toss out our contact information. If they'd like to send us an email, how would they do that? I believe 
It's secretlayerpodcast at gmail.com. You believe? Does that mean you do not know? But you are king. Um, okay. I'm, I'm brain dead, so. <laughs> okay, that's, uh, that's from King and I. Oh, okay. Ah, see, it stands for clever. Okay, so anyway, what is our film this week? Well, now, long-time listeners of, of the Secret Lair Drive-In, formerly known as Darkwind Secret Lair, one of the very first things I think you... The very first. The very first one uh, you reviewed, I guess, by uh, yourself. Yeah, and it was just a real quick little thing. Yeah, but no, we're going to explore this bad boy in depth. It is King Kong Escapes. Yep, and I have to say up front, this is one of my personal favorites. Really? I, I It's just such a dumb, goofy movie, but I love well, it. Well, two out of three, I'll give you. <laughs> dumb and goofy. I thought I only said dumb and goofy. <laughs> you also called it a movie, so. <laughs> oh, it's not a movie, it's a film. A film? Anyway. Yeah, it's a 1967 classic. Uh, technically kaiju, because it, it was made in Japan, but by Rankin-Bass Productions. That's right. It was kind of a little bit of a cross-promotion with a cartoon, it, appropriately called King Kong, that also took place on Mondo King Island. Kong. Yeah, that's right. Um, and in the name of research, I went to a recent bargain establishment and found a couple of episodes on a DVD for 99 cents, and I watched them. Uh, they actually have uh, a n- two or three episodes on YouTube of, of uh, the Dark. I believe I saw a couple of them. Yeah, I, I sat through one. I didn't quite see what it had to do with the movie, other than obviously King Kong, but it, it didn't seem to quite be based on it. But Well, a couple of the episodes that I did see off the disc, they did have the, the Doctor Who, who in no way, shape, or form resembled. Well, you know what? In order to really get into this, I think we should start with... The plot. Now, we're going to try and go through this quickly because normal, normally we use the reference of Wikipedia, and Wikipedia usually has a fairly succinct plot uh, summary. For some reason, whoever is doing this one on Wikipedia wrote the great American novel. So here we go. Well, you could always just try winging it. Uh, no, that would, that would require more brain cells than I brought with me today. So. No problem. He just finished working 37 days in a row, and he's got a couple more to go yet. So. Yeah. Why I'm doing this, I have no point. Anyway, an evil genius named Dr. Ho. And real quick, the the actor that plays Dr. Who. Well, the which, actor that voices Dr. Uh, hang on. The, the actor that physically played him. It showed up in the GMK movie. Oh, okay. He was the old guy, the old crazy guy. Really? Yep. Wow. That's that's why he's the best non-sports color commentary guy in the biz, <laughs> folks. Because, I mean, I, I just sit there shaking my head. Where does he come up with this stuff? What was going on with that guy's teeth, anyway? Uh, nothing, nothing holy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, it was weird. I mean, the bottom teeth look all snaggly, and the top ones, like, jutted out a whole lot. Yeah, it, I don't know. I, I was, and he dressed like John Pertwee. Um, I don't know. I, Second I, time around for that joke, folks. Well, I also thought, you know, the 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 cape with the little silver rope. I thought he was going for kind of a Captain Marvel type of thing. Shazam! Yeah. Well, if he was Captain Marvel, he could have went and dug his own uh, mineral X or whatever. There you go. But anyway, Doctor Who. 
uh, creates a robotic version of King Kong named Mechnikong. Mechnikong. Well, they, I don't think they... Do they ever refer to it as Mecha Kong during the movie, or not? Not really. I mean, it's just sort of the the robot, or you know, the robot Kong. I've, I anyway, there. Doctor Who is trying to dig for a highly radioactive element called Element X, which of course is found only at the North Pole. Well, of course. So they get Mecha Kong, the robot. Let's, let's just call it the robot. Cool. Okay. Enters an ice cave, begins to dig into a glacier, but the radiation produced by the substance destroys its systems and shuts it down. Never something you're looking for in a robot. And yeah. I have to say that the the design of Mecha Kong, I mean, is very simplistic, and it did predate Mecha, um, Mecha Godzilla and all that. But, but I want to say it I came, liked it. I want to say it came out roughly if if it's sixty seven. I want to say it's about the same time frame as Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. Well, giant robots were always very big in uh, Japan. But the thing of it is, I noticed the movements of giant robot are a lot more robotic, you know, a lot, lot more hunky-clunky type, whereas uh, Robot Kong, basically, they could have had the exact same actor that's in the original Kong suit just wearing armor because that's... that's the Yeah, it did move quite, it mo- did move quite well. And there was actually a couple of couple of scenes and, during, oh, and, and it had bombs uh, in a belt, which I thought was that that was kind of a long drawn out scene. Yeah, but you know what i I would love to find a Mecha Kong with the bomb belt. For this, <laughs> I knew it for this show. You're terrible. I mean, I got the poster over on the wall over there. Well, that is true. Um, but um, I was going somewhere with this, and I don't remember. That's okay. You'll come oh, back. Um, well. You know, they usually mess with the uh, speed ratio of the film in order to make them slow down a little bit. They, they kind of went back lumbering. And, they went back and forth with it. Sometimes they'd be normal speed when, well, when we're getting to the part where he actually fights an, uh, like a dinosaur, and they kind of kept going from speeding up the film so it, and in other words, it's, it would actually slow down, and then he, he'd be going back to normal speed. So they were a little inconsistent there. No, they certainly weren't. Um, but, you know, you jumped right into Doctor Who, and you forgot Doctor Who's nemesis, Carl Nelson. Carl Nelson? Oh, you have Carl Nelson? Well, and, and the thing of it is, and we forgot to mention this earlier, the guy doing the voiceover for Doctor Who is the fantastic, highly underrated voice actor known as Paul Freese. Now, uh, he has a... He's kind of uh, Rankin Bass's version of Mel Blanc. He he does like every voice imaginable for uh, for their their things, and you probably know him best as uh, the Burgermeister Meisterburger from uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Imagine that voice as the villain in this thing, and that's basically what you got. I, I can't even begin to do Paul. And it, it's funny because every time he refers to uh, Carl Nelson. He calls him Carl Nelson. He never says Carl or... Oh, so it's know. like a Charlie Brown type of thing. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, Carl Nelson, would you like a drink? Maybe you oh, think... Carl Nelson, you see, I have improved on our plan. Maybe he thinks it's like a you know an honorific or something like that, so it, it's like a mister. Maybe he thinks no, no, like, like he would be Husan in, in Japan. Okay. So. Well, here's a little something to think about. 
Carl Nelson was was obviously in charge of the submarine. Right. Almost like Admiral Nelson on 20,000 Leagues. Or, you know, I, I was wondering why that was bothering. Point to the bottom of the sea, that's what it was. Yeah, I wouldn't. Okay, because they're showing the the submarine, and my first thought was, because we've been listening to old episodes of both uh, this and our sister podcast, Geeks Explain It All. See what I did there? And um, I was listening to our one where we talk about Irwin Allen and, and our discussion about Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. And as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, oh, okay, that just kind of reminds me of that. And the, the Nelson thing, I I totally didn't make that connection, but it, it did seem kind of familiar to me in a weird way. And I'm sure it was completely unintentional. I doubt it came near anybody's mind that there was that connection. But anyway, the submarine is damaged uh, from... Did they say why it's damaged? Was it because of the... under? I believe it was an under underwater rock slide. Ah, okay. Now, this is a submarine from the United Nations... It's forced to weigh anchor off the coast coast of Mondo Island. Yes, and they made the announcement that it was approximately twelve hundred pounds weighing the anchor. Yeah. Wow. And I thought I was punchy. So Well, I <laughs> What have you been like waiting your whole life to make that joke or something? No, no, I was just I was just thinking, um for some reason I it, I was thinking Apparently, the people in the office of the company I work for yes. find it incredibly funny whenever something happens to fluster me. Okay. Well, today, I w- had to go to the apartment of these students. Okay. Now, the students are all Oriental, and that's cool. I go in, and they all have a folding table in the kitchen, and they're all on laptops, and they're doing math problems or something. Okay. And so... First off, I go there. They say my kitchen light is falling off the ceiling. Well, I go in and take a look, and there's like a little box built into the ceiling, and they put the light on top of the box, so it had like a little bit of a gap going all the way around because it wouldn't draw flush to the ceiling. And I explained to them, okay, this is not a problem. See, he's not going anywhere. And then literally I walk out of the place. I'm in my car doing some paperwork, and I get a text message saying I have an important work order. So I drive back to the office and okay. it's for the same apartment. Um, I'm like, really? I was just there and they couldn't say anything then. But that what got me flustered is one of the guys in the apartment is walking around, has on a red t-shirt and a pair of, I want to call them Speedos. Okay. But, you know, and he's sitting at the table and he's like leaning back, legs splayed and all that, and I'm just like, you know, and I relay this story, and they're just like, you're so funny. Just because see, of you. See, you suffer from the same problem I have, is that when we're trying to be funny, people look at us like we're on the short bus, but then we say things that we have no intention of being funny, and people are on the floor laughing at us, so... I think it's I think it's our our blessing and our curse. It's our is Fraser Fraser syndrome. Yes, but without the pretentiousness. Right. You know, they just like to see us get skewered. Right. Okay. And as the train comes back on the tracks. Okay, they wait anchor. They're Mondo Island. Yes. Now, on the island, we, we in their little little hovercraft, we have um 
uh, Carl or Carl Nelson. Carl Nelson. <laughs> one word. <laughs> that's for, that's a, that's his email. Carl Nelson. One word. <laughs> and then we have uh, Susan Lieutenant. Uh, wait, what was her name? Lieutenant Susan Watson. In 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 her little. Uh, is she supposed to be like a nurse? I think. No, she worked for Hot Dog on a Stick. Well, okay, I was going to go with major, Majorette, but you know that works too. Yeah, picture picture Hot Dog on a Stick uh, uniform, but in like monochrome almost, like in tan and brown, and that's basically her her outfit for the whole movie. Okay, and just a weird little piece of trivia about this. Yeah, her voice was dubbed by somebody else. Uh gee, gosh, I never would have guessed. I, everybody in the film is dubbed. Even the even the English actors are. No, I think Rhodes Reason. He's if he was dubbed, and, he was and dubbed by himself. And who doesn't love that name, Rhodes Reason? Oh come on! I actually liked Carl Nelson. Um, th- there were some okay performances in this. I'll say the girl Susan Kong. How do Don't you- do it, Kong. I mean, Jesus, I I got. So, so tired of her, like, immediately. How the hell does Kong understand English? I don't freaking know. He lived on his island fighting freaking, uh... Okay, okay, Here, here here's a wild-ass theory, but you're going to love it. All right, let's assume um, he was the actual King Kong from, like, the... Uh, the old black and white one, but he lived somehow and okay. and, and went back to Mondo Island or Skull okay. Island or whatever. But he got brain injured from the fall, so now he sees Susan and thinks Faye Ray. Maybe he just has a thing for blondes. Remember Jessica Lang? I try not to. Well, I, I'm just saying. But then again, in King Kong versus Godzilla, you know, it was... Uh, but there were, there were no blondes in King Kong versus Godzilla I that I know of. I can't even think of who the um, actress was in that one. W- w- was it your favorite that po- keeps popping up? Or? No, it was not Kumi Mizno. Okay. Although I much prefer to pronounce it Kumi Mizuno. Wow, chicka wow. Anyway. Now, once on the island, the crew see an old man atop of the hill shouting at them to leave the area for it is taboo to enter the territory of Kong. Okay, and the natives on this? Native, there's one. Oh, oh, I thought they showed up a little later on. I'm possible. I'm confusing movies here for a second. But yeah, and then of course you... Oh, never mind. You know, I'm confusing... You better not pick apart. This is the one that you liked and you picked. No, I'm I'm confusing movies here. Never mind. Oh, you, are you thinking of King Kong versus Godzilla? Or? That's what I was thinking. Oh, okay, of, yeah. yeah. There's there's plural natives there, but in in King Kong versus in King Kong Escapes, there's just the one old crazy old man. And for the life of me, you know what he reminds me of? Um, the It's Man from Monty Python. Oh yeah, It's yeah, exactly. It's exactly what he reminds me of. So, so we have Commander Carl Nelson and Executive Officer Lieutenant Carl Nelson. Lieutenant Commander Jiro Nomura. That's right. And he is played by yet another one of the Toho players. I believe he was also in Destroy All Monsters. Or No, no, no. He was in Monster Zero. Okay. He definitely looked familiar to me. But he also showed up in later films because he was in Final Wars as the wow. Prime Minister. That's a big gap. Yeah, he appeared here and there, you know, but. Now, it, it okay, answer me this. 
is this another one of those things that's filmed with the the English actors speaking English and the Japanese actors actually speaking Japanese and and they just I, dub the Japanese because the English actors it looked like they were saying I I read lips kind of sort of and the English actors were actually saying what they were saying but with the Japanese guy it it looked like he was speaking Japanese but it was being dubbed I believe that's the way they did it. I mean, How do you, you look film at, a movie like that? I, I, that seems you know, so weird. Well, I mean, you had a lot of... Um, I mean, they've done that with, what, Nick Adams, I think, on Nick a couple? Ad- Nick Adams on a couple. Um, the one Gamera with the boy, Tommy, yeah. I think, or whatever. Or... Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I can't think of his name. Tom! Tom, yeah, whatever. So... All right, they go to confront the old man, leaving Lieutenant Susan Watson along with their landing craft. No sooner have the men left than a dinosaur emerges from the forest, attempts to attack Susan. Suddenly, you see Kong wake up because he's just chilling like a villain. He uh, he had a handful of overripe berries. There you go. So Kong emerges, bellowing, beating his chest. See, seeing Susan, he realizes she is in danger and places her in a tree then attacks the dinosaur. Well, that's kind of an interesting interpretation. I, I have a feeling he was going to make off with her until the dinosaur came out and threatened him. It was kind of how I interpreted that little thing. Well, I think, well, he was going to attack whatever, and, you know, she was just like the icing on the cake. Oh, okay. Kong. Sorry. I, I just... Kong. King Kong. Oh, my God. Let him go, said Carl Nelson. Go ahead. The bipedal predator, the bipedal predator, the the dinosaur possesses a a, a powerful, which keg- I believe is a gorgosaurus or gorosaurus. Okay, it has a kangaroo kick that floors Kong several times. Boy, they got that right. I mean, Kong literally gets knocked down by the same maneuver like three or four times, and it's like it's the brain okay. damage from you know, from you know, laugh my here. theory all you want. It's making more and more sense as we go on. Um. It's either that or those overripe berries, you know. Oh, okay. As the two titans fight, Nelson, Greg, or Carl Nelson. Carl Nelson. And the more, we should just edit that in. Just have that on a loop. (laughs) Uh, They return, and with Susan in tow, escape in their little hovercraft. Now, behind them, King Kong finally defeats the dinosaur by breaking its jaw, which is really kind of a little grisly thing because the thing's foaming at the mouth and he oh, like yeah, breaks soap, his jaw. The soap bubbles come out, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he fought a dinosaur in the original King Kong as well. Well, that is true. And then, you know, that was like a half an hour epic battle in the Peter Jackson version. <laughs> it probably wasn't anywhere near that long. It just seemed it, like it. Everything in Peter Jackson movies is a half hour. Uh, behind them, Kong... Okay, he follows the hovercraft to the coast of the island just in time to see a giant albino sea snake uh, heading for them. And and the people in the hovercraft, you can tell, they're like, damn, we cannot catch a break here. (laughs) It's like their rudder was messed up or something. Yeah. Kong dives in the water and grabs the snake, buying time for the crew to return safely to the sub. See, now again, the way I was interpreting it is he wanted to follow them, and he's like, damn, the snake's in my way now. So the giant ape defeats the huge serpent, swims over to the sub. He begins to shake it and bang on the hull, hoping Susan will appear again in her, her little uh, hot dog on a stick uniform. 
I like that. I wish I'd have thought of that. I, I kept thinking like Space Majorette or something like that. Expect her to have a little, little baton and lead the parade. <laughs> yeah, and the whole time, whole time King Kong is banging on the submarine. He's saying, "I love these things. They're crunchy on the outside and chewy, chewy on, on the inside." inside. Knowing that she is what Kong wants, Susan volunteers to exit the sub to try to calm him down. She succeeds, and after saying goodbye to a crestfallen Kong, Kong, you have to leave the ship. I mean, she sounds like a, you know, like a nagging wife. You know, you know. The funny thing is, it's like it's like um, I've met some people in my life. I thought, you know, they're kind of attractive, and then they made one mistake. They, they opened their mouth. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. Quite. Yeah, I've just had, can't get past that voice. Yeah, I've had. I mean, that, not that I have dulcet tones or anything like that. But no, 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 no one's ever accused either one of us as having that, except maybe both of our listeners, as you put it. Yep, I have. Uh, I have a face for radio and a voice for silent pictures. There you go. So, after she says goodbye to Kong, she returns to the sub. Crew leaves for New York. Now, once in America, the submarine crew relates their amazing discoveries on Mondo Island to the U.N. They also state that the sub will re- be returning to the island to study Kong and the other kaiju on the island. However, they are unaware that... Okay, now it says Madame Piranha. In, in the version I saw, she was Madame X. Yeah, in Japan, it was Madame Piranha. Oh, okay. In fact, I have the soundtrack for this on my computer. Okay. And there's a song in there. It's called Madame Piranha. Okay, that I missed. Um, all right, they are unaware that Madame X slash Piranha is at the meeting, and after it ends, she contacts Dr. Hole. And she John rela- Pertwee. With bad teeth. She relates the details of the crew's discoveries, and she begins to hatch a plan with the evil genius. So you mean it was discovered by Carl Nelson? Carl Nelson. Ah, da- Carl Nelson, we meet again. A few days later, later, Dr. Hu, I can pronounce it, huh, arrives on Mondo Island and attracts Kong's attention with helicopters. <laughs> now, dropping gas bombs around the great ape, they render him unconscious. And, boy, the, the brain's last thing to go with him because, I mean, he literally looks like he's falling asleep, like standing up, and then finally, you know, his, his, the legs go out from underneath him. Um... Then, then comes the the part of the the. I mean, there were several parts of the movie I was rolling my eyes at. This is the one that I was just like, "Oh come on! This doesn't even look remotely realistic." Was this where they were clamping him to helicopter him off? Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. just checking. Yeah, they 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 had the cables coming with these little like clamps slash handcuffs, but you know they're doing it with miniatures, and more than anything in the film, it looks like miniatures. And he, well, come on, some of that blue screen where you had people running up to the clamps, and I mean, it was terrible. Oh, it, yeah, it, there there were issues there. So as he departs, oh hey, the old man bursts from the jungle, demanding answers from Doctor Who, who shoots him, leaving him in the underbrush to die. But he doesn't die right away because he has to say something to Carl Nelson at his at his cohorts. So I'm just going to do that. Just gesture. Uh, okay. You do you do the line. There you go. Um, so, Carl Nelson, would you like a drink? Perhaps I miss our chess games. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, we're going to have to do the Reader's Digest version now. Okay, uh, they they get Kong and head back to the North Pole. Uh, the UN sub returns. 
the the trio of our heroes venture onto the island. They discover uh, evidence of something bad and are unable to locate Kong. What they do find is the old man bleeding in the bushes. Now, this is like like hours later, and the old man's still bleeding out. And he tells he tells Carl Nelson that an Oriental skeleton, a devil with eyes like a gutter rat, kidnapped Kong and took him away into the skies. He then dies, but Carl, but Carl Nelson realizes Kong was kidnapped by Doctor Who and old and a quote old friend. We learn that Doctor Who's robot Kong was built using blueprints based on Nelson's about. Uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> Carl Nelson. Own detailed diagrams of the real Kong. The doctor had stolen the drawings, used them to create a robot that he believed would secure for him the element X. Since the robot failed, who plans to use the real Kong to do his bidding? Doctor Who decides to try controlling Kong, and so uses uh, like this little hypno... Okay. um, Oh, yeah, so he's got this like little hypno thing... Oh yeah, they kind of put it. They kind of put it on the end of a string, and it flashes, and it kind of hypnotizes them a little bit. Right. From a speaker, the voice of the voice of Doctor Who uh, commands Kong to enter the cave and dig out the element X, which of course Kong does. Okay, Kong, again, dig, dig him. However, the hypnotized Kong and his electronic controls are affected by the element. He awakens from the. Hypnotic effects and tears both speaker and camera off of who uh, that who had placed on his ears. Yeah, yeah kind of like early Bluetooth. Uh, that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Home stretch now. Okay. Uh but like I said, this got this really detailed thing. Um. Okay, so somehow they capture Nelson and the gang. Right. They're starting. Or, uh, Madame X. Try seducing Carl Nelson. Yes. And um, they start first baking the other two, then freezing them. And, and King, then, then they chain Jiro to the floor. That's right. And King Kong rips open the thing, because escapes. He, because he hears, Kong! Help us! King Kong! I, I could do that all day. That's, she's just so <laughs> damn annoying. Uh, uh, poor Linda Miller. And she never did like hardly anything else. And boy, what is it with bad teeth in this movie, too? Who, her? She had, like, too many teeth for her mouth or something. I just thought her hair was hopped up too much, but what do, you know, what do I oh, know? Something, something has to keep that hot dog and a stick on her head. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, anyway, they find, long story short, they, too late, they get out. And they discover Carl is still alive, but the three are once again captured. So they're on board Doctor Who's ship, which arrives in Japan, where Kong has swum ashore. Now, Doctor Who plans to unleash the robot Kong against the, the real Kong. Madame X is hesitant to be a party to the inevitable collateral damage and urges the Doctor not to let the two fight, but which, of course, he ignores. She tries monkeying around, so to speak, with uh, some of the stuff on the uh, control panels. Yeah, but uh, basically, uh, Robot Kong starts doing serious damage, and regular Kong goes at it. There, there's your epic battle for the the movie that takes up probably the last 
if not the last quarter, or not the last third, certainly the last quarter of the movie. I think it ran like 10 to 15 minutes, maybe. Seemed like it was longer than that, but uh, I noticed they kept, it, it seemed like in the long shots, they were actually doing a, either animation or stop motion animation. No, I think it was pretty much all suit work. Uh, there, there was a couple shots of the Robot Kong by itself where it seemed like it was animated somehow, but I could yeah. be wrong. But uh, Okay, now, Robot Kong, I have to say this. Worst defeat ever. Why? He oh, knocks him off the tower. Right. Oh, yeah, they climb Tokyo Tower, folks. Knocks him off the tower, and before he even hits the ground, he's in pieces. Well, and the, the reason he even gets defeated in the first place, which I thought was kind of a cheat, is that Madam X, uh, well, she first she gets shot in the arm, then she decides, okay, she's going to go go out with a bang. So she starts ripping some wires off their, their big wall computer. And that is enough to, like, short-circuit the robot. I think that's why it falls apart. But like I said, it's a bit of a cheat because what if she hadn't done that? Who who wins the fight? We never know. Well, I mean, the, the fight itself, the fight itself, it was basically them climbing the tower trying to knock each other off. Yeah, so kind of Donkey oh, Kong-ish. And, and Mecha Kong had po- quite possibly the worst weapon ever. Basically oh. a giant flashlight. I, you know, I, I thought... It, I, I would so love to Mystery Science Theater this because at one point it flashes the, the flashlight and that was exactly my thoughts. Oh, no! He wasn't expecting the flashlight! The flashlight o doom. Yeah, <laughs> Pat bending. So, um, yeah, the the robot Kong falls to the ground in pieces or off of Tokyo Tower, and Doctor Who and his minions are getting away on the aircraft carrier. And of course, we have Susan coming in one last time. Kong, <laughs> get that ship. Don't let it get away, Kong. You know, the scene leading up to that was actually kind of cool, where Kong is, like, running down the road, and they have the little radio-controlled car next to it. I thought that was kind of nip. That was, like, the one special effect that actually worked for me. In, it was the one thing I'm like, okay, you know what? That that worked. That really worked on, on a number <laughs> of levels. But other than that, it was just, oh, my God. Um, but... Uh, Doctor Who winds up getting crushed by debris. They show him hemorrhaging from the mouth and all that. Yeah. So, uh, And then Kong beats his chest and begins the long swim back to Mondo Island. <laughs> and see. So tell me, what did you think of this? <laughs> uh, like you said, it, 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 was, it was dumb. It was goofy. It was a movie. Um I I liked King Kong versus Godzilla a lot more, but you know I'm a big G fan. That's true. I, I can even though even though I can see that even though he lost. Well, depends on how you interpret it. Yeah. Well, whatever. But uh, Ro- Robot Kong was not as good of an opponent as the big G. I will. Oh, who is? I I just as with as with so many sequels, this one kind of fell short in the comparison to the original, I thought. And as I said, I, I really didn't see much comparison to the Saturday morning bit, what little I saw of it. But if it got kids to watch it, then so be it. Uh, 
like I said, this is one of my favorites. Mainly, it's kind of like, in a weird way, it's kind of like my go-to kaiju film. Really? Yeah. You know, when I just want to pop something in and a little bit of goofy fun, in goes King Kong Escapes. Wow. I, I'm i just not seeing the appeal on that level, but... Well, you see, if I look at a lot of the other films up on the shelf of movies, um, a lot of them just don't really lend themselves to just sitting back and enjoying. I mean... So, I have to be in the right frame of mind to put in certain Godzilla movies, and the later stuff was a little more serious. It was a lot more serious and a lot more uh, convoluted in the plot line. This is a pretty simplistic... Exactly. So, so if I just want a little bit of video Samanex, Okay, I'm covered. All right. Well, I, I will agree with that concept. Uh, I managed to stay awake for the whole thing, so right there it has that going for it. There are there have been a few movies that we've reviewed over the years that... And I'm sure there will be more to come. Yes. But uh, I, I will say it, it, was, it was okay. I, didn't, I did not hate it. Um, I will rate it um, Craptacular. Craptacular, that's the peak of the peak. Okay, then Crapfest. Craptastic. All right. Craptastic. Craptacular, Craptastic, Crapfest. Stink burger and ginormous stink burger. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, I'll I'll go craptastic. Okay, well you know what I'm giving it. I mean, I got to go craptacular. This is one of my five all time favorite kaiju films. I just I just really like this movie. No, I I don't <laughs> I don't dispute that. And you know, we're talking about kaiju movies. I mean, who who's to be judgmental? You know, but. Um, like I said, it, it didn't it didn't appeal to me on that kind of a gut level, but hearing your explanation of why it appeals to you, I totally agree with your, your reasoning. So, Okay. Now, folks, our next episode is going to be a little bit of a delayed because we're taking a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, what? Not even... About a month. Just because we have the... Uh, go ahead. We have uh, Wizard World Mid-Ohio Comic Convention. Boy, that's a mouthful, but... We are gonna, we're going to be there. We're going we're gonna to have a huge presence, and it's growing bigger every day. When we record down at the convention, the movie we have picked is... The Witchfinder General with our go-to actor, Vincent, Vincent Price. Price. So that should be... Uh, it's always fun reviewing a Vincent Price movie because it's freaking Vincent Price, dude. That's right. And... We gave you the email at the beginning, but why don't we do it one more time? Oh, sure. Uh, it's secretlayerpodcast at gmail.com. For the Secret Lair Drive-In, this is D-Dub. And Stratosphere. Saying, Girl Nelson! Uh, <laughs> saying, go watch a B-movie, and why? <laughs> because Kyle Nelson won't watch it for you. <laughs> Later, folks. Bye. <laughs>
the distorted genius of Poe creates poetic beauty from pain and uses idyllic love as a tool of torture. Men sometimes have strange motives for the things they do. got an accusation to make. I'll get your confession for you. I'm husband to Sarah Lowe's. He's a man who's out to kill both of us. Then it appears to me that we should take steps to see to his death first. Leave the children at home, and if you're squeamish, stay home with them. I shall kill you. Please, leave the children at home. Elizabeth! 